All right, the message, uh, the title of the message that I would like to share with you all is God is the source of our success. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Many people say that my mom is the source of my success. Some say my wife is the source of my success. And some say my husband or my sister or my brother or my son or my boyfriend is a source of my success. They say this because they lack understanding. Because the word of God says that success comes from him. Amen. So let me prove that to you. If you go to Deuteronomy <clears throat> Chapter 8, and verse 18. Okay, so it says, Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the power to be successful. In all, Yes, Deuteronomy 8, 18. Oh, okay. In order to fulfill the covenant and confirm to your ancestors with an oath. So what is God telling the Israelites? He's telling them clearly, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the power to be successful. Amen. So God is the one who gives us the power to be successful. Amen. It's not any man outside of God that is the source of success. Uh, I believe last week um, I was just in the office, uh, in the church office, and uh, one of the brother was sharing that the source of my success is my mom. And the, he was giving the credit to his mom. But if you see, the word of God says, I am the source of his success. We need to remember that God is a jealous God. Amen. He expects our full attention and our full glory. God doesn't share his glory with man. Amen. So we need to be careful when we share with our brothers and sisters in everything, in every discussion that we have as servants of God, we have to give glory to God. Amen? So God is the source of success. God brings success in our failed relationships. He is the one who brings success in our finances. He is the one who brings success in our businesses, in our career, in our marriage, in our relationships, in family, in our health, in every area of our life. God is going to bring success. But it requires a consistent walk with God. Amen? In every, I mean, we need God's intervention in our, in, our, in our businesses. We need God's intervention in our marriage, in our broken marriage, in our health, in our family. We need God's intervention. Amen? And he is the one who can heal those relationships. He is the one who can restore the, those relationships. And he is the one who can bring success in our business, in our career, because he gives us the power to be successful. But again, it requires a consistent walk with God. Amen? Unfortunately, many of us are not having a consistent walk with God. We start good, but we don't end good. A very good example is Solomon. If you go to Second Chronicles and... Chapter 7, and verses 17 to 22, it says, As for you, if you faithfully follow me, as David your father did, 
obeying all my commandments, my degrees and regulations, then I will establish the throne of your dynasty, for I made this covenant with your father David when I said one of your descendants will always rule over Israel. But if your descendants abandon me and disobey the decrees and commands I have given you, and if you serve and worship other gods, then I will uproot the people from this land that I have given them. Amen. So the God is putting a condition to Solomon. He said, I chose you because I made promise to your father, David, that I'm going to be with you. I'm going to make you a successful man. You'll be the most richest man. I'm going to give you wisdom. But there's a condition. And the condition is, if you obey and follow my decrees and my commandments that I've given you, and if you serve and worship me, then we always look at God as a, as a gracious God. Of course, he's a gracious God. He's a long-suffering God. That's the reason he, he sent his son on the cross, because he's a gracious God. And Jesus was willing to go on the cross because he's a loving God. He's a God of love. But we forget that he's also a God of condition. He's a conditional God. He's a gracious God, but also he's a conditional God. Amen. And his condition is if you follow my commands and my degrees and my regulation, then I'm going to establish your throne forever and ever and ever. Amen. And it's the same with us. God is telling us, I have great plans for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. If you go to Jeremiah, I believe it's uh, chapter 29, verse 11 says, I have plans to give you a hope and a future, but there is a condition. And the condition is, if you follow my commandments, if you lead a clean life, if you follow me and observe my decrees, I'm going to fulfill all the plans that I have for your life. Amen? Because I am the source of your blessing. I am the source of your healing. I am the source of your success. Amen? So a successful life is a blessed life. And people just say that there are many people who are successful, like Billy, uh, Bill Gates is a successful man. That's what the world looks at it, that he's a successful, because he's the richest man, right? But if you see his life, his, his marriage is crumbling. His health is crumbling. I mean, Steve Jobs is one of the richest, most successful, most, most uh, established man in the world. Steve Jobs, who developed Apple. But if you see his, his marriage, it was not good. If you see his health, he had cancer. And all the wealth and the money that he accumulated didn't uh, heal his cancer. None of the doctors could heal his cancer. Right? So we have no control over it. Our healing comes from God. I remember when Pastor Jose was there, there was a sister, and she asked us to pray for her father who was suffering with, with some cancer. I don't remember exactly. And uh, we just prayed for him. And it was a stage four cancer, and he got healed from that cancer. And she came and she testified in the church that my dad is cancer-free. Amen. I mean, God healed this man, and the same God could have healed the other person, right? Right? Am I right or wrong? But it all depends on our faith. Are we running to God? Are we looking to God as our source? 
Are we looking to God as our healer? Amen. So all the wealth, all the success could not heal Steve Jobs. But here a person doesn't have anything. They didn't even have money to go to the hospital. They couldn't afford anything. But still God touched her father and healed him from cancer. Why? Because they were willing to run to God. Because they knew that God is the source of healing. Amen. Because God said, I am the Jehovah Rapha. I am your healer. I mean, God has doctors that's good. Amen. God has given us doctors to help us. But ultimately, he is our healer. Amen. So we have to look at him as a source of our healing, as a source of our Amen. success. Amen. Amen. God is using me because my life is transformed. And that took place because of a consistent walk I had with God. Amen. As I said, success comes. God is a source of success, but it requires a consistent walk with God. And today God is using me. It's because of a consistent walk I had with God. I still remember the first day when I came to church, I didn't like the church. And I felt a little uncomfortable. I was new to this country and I, I felt a little uncomfortable. And the next Sunday, I didn't feel like going to church. I got dressed up and I was watching TV. I believe I was watching T.D. Jakes. It was a very good preacher. It was my, one of my favorite preachers. Very powerful preaching. I was engrossed in listening to his, his preaching. And I saw the watch. And I said, oh my gosh, it's the time to go to church. It's just next door. And I told the Lord, Lord is such a great preacher. Why not I just listen, uh, watch him on TV and just you know, be at home and just listen to his message. And God said, I heard his voice very clearly. He said, Sheba, you need to go because you need healing from inside. I heard the voice of God very clearly said, you need healing from inside. And I couldn't resist it. I woke up, I went to church. Though I didn't like the church, though I didn't like the preaching, but something happened. And I felt the presence of God in the church. I was just crying and crying. Every Sunday, I would cry. and I would tell the pastor, Lord, I don't understand why I'm crying. I mean, the preaching is totally different. And I'm, I don't know for what reason I'm crying, but I'm crying. And it's really embarrassing. He said, well, Sheba, you're crying because God is touching you. There's something. God is cleansing you. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit in you. Amen. And I, I, I'm so grateful to that decision that I made that day to get up from my couch and go to church because God set me free from so many addictions, so many sins, so many addictions that I had, you'll be surprised. And God set me free because God knew what I was suffering from, what addictions I was suffering from for so many years, from what hidden sins I was suffering from and the unforgiveness and the hurt that I was carrying. And God healed me. And it didn't happen just overnight. It took a long consistent walk with God. I kept going to church every Sunday. I kept going to church every Sunday and God touched me and God set me free from all my addictions, from all my hurts, from all my pains. Even God blessed me in my job. He increased my pay. I was making $100 a day and I was surprised because I was putting God first in my tithes and offerings. I saw how God was working. God blessed me with a beautiful apartment just for myself, it was so big. And I said, Lord, thank you. All my life in India and here, 
I was never alone. I was always with someone. I was controlled all my life. And for the first time, I said, Lord, thank you. I'm free. I feel freedom because I'm away from everybody. I'm all by myself. And I love this house, Lord. Thank you. Amen. So blessings after blessings started flowing in my life, in my job, with the house, and the healing that took place in my life, and the addictions that were set free in my life. Amen. It required a consistent walk. I mean, consistently going to church every Sunday, making sure that I'm in church every Sunday, making sure that I'm for prayers every Thursday. Amen. It's a, it's a consistent walk that God looks at. When there is a consistent walk, that is when God starts to see and starts to bless our life. Amen. I still remember Pastor was sharing with his son, who, uh, Joey, and he was telling his son, you know, son, I have seen something very good about Sheba is that not a single Sunday has she missed in this past two years. Not one single Sunday she missed coming to church. I have seen her faithfulness. I have seen her consistent walk. And so many people have been coming to my church for the past eight, ten years, and they're still the same. They're coming to church, they're going, they're coming, they're still, still struggling, still suffering financially with their health. They're struggling and struggling and because there's no consistent walk. They're coming one Sunday and they're not coming. They come once a month, twice a month, and that is not a called a consistent walk. There has to be a consistent walk. And I remember before Pastor Jose passed away, he said, Sheba, as long, I know you have needs. You're looking here and there for needs. And God is looking at that and he's telling you, as long as you walk in this season of wilderness, he's going to send rivers of blessings. Amen. And, I, uh, and that is what the word of God was. That was a word of prophecy that God released in my life through Pastor Jose. And, and I've, I saw that uh, coming to pass after Pastor Jose passed away. One year of my life has been a walk in the wilderness. It was a walk of uncertainty. I didn't know where the money is going to come. I didn't know where the food is going to come. I didn't know what, what I'm going to do. But I remembered what my pastor said, as long as you walk in this wilderness with faith, God is going to bring rivers of blessings. And for the past one year, I've been walking in this wilderness, and God has been blessing me left and right. Amen. God has been blessing me because I was consistent, consistently walking, consistently walking. Amen. And because of that consistent walk, today God has placed me in the position of Pastor Jose, Amen. Not only that, God is opening doors in other churches to preach the gospel. For example, the church of COGOP has called me to preach a couple of weeks back for their evening service. And again, they're calling me. I'm not sure when it's coming. But what I'm trying to tell is a consistent walk will open doors for more blessings. Consistent walk with God will open doors for God to use you Amen. To use you to display his glory to the people around you. God wants to restore our broken families. God wants to restore our broken marriages. God wants to restore our health, our finances. And the list goes on and on. But God cannot do anything if there's no consistent walk with him. Amen. Many have come to our church and experienced a great miracle. Some were healed, as I said, about cancer. Some experience miracles in their finances. They come, they testify that God did this miracle with my finances. God did this healing. Amen. 
But the next Sunday, we don't see them anymore. And we don't see them for a long time until they call the pastor and tell them, hey, pastor, I'm having the same problem again. Can you please help me? Can you please pray for this? Why is this happening? It's because the enemy is coming and stealing that miracle, that blessing that God blessed you. Why? Because you're not consistent. Amen. I remember there was this sister in our church who was coming to our church and she had to do a jail time. She was caught in doing drugs. I don't know the details of the case, but she was coming. And she was coming consistently. And the pastor said, he said, God is going to bless you, sister. Keep coming to church. God is going to surprise you. Keep coming to church. Be consistent. Keep coming on Thursday services. Keep coming. Make sure you're reading the Bible. Make sure you spend time in, in prayers. Make sure you spend time in fellowshipping with your brothers and sisters. Be consistent. Just be consistent. And leave the rest to God. And you'll be surprised. God did the miracle. When she went in front of the judge, the judge came in favor of her. And she didn't have to do the jail time. She came to the church next Sunday. She was so excited. She, was, she gave the praise report in front of everybody that God did a miracle. This was impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. Amen. And it happened because she was consistent. But after some time, we got to know, I mean, she stopped coming to church. She stopped fellowshipping with her brothers and sisters. She stopped calling the pastor. I don't know what happened with her, but she stopped coming. And I remember my pastor would call her. I would call her, inviting her to come to church. Don't give up on God, no matter what. God did a great miracle for you, sister. Don't give up on God. But after some days, we got to know through her uncle that she is back into drugs. She's back on the streets. Same old lifestyle that God had brought her out of. She's back into the same old life. Why does this happen? It's because there's no consistent walk with God. If you go to John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come so that they might have life. Christ came to give us life. He paid a heavy price to give us life. An abundant life. What do you mean by abundant life? A life filled with joy. A life filled with peace. Amen. A life filled with prosperity. Amen. That is the kind of life Christ came to give us. But unfortunately, many Christians are not enjoying that abundant life. Because they are allowing the enemy to come and take away their miracle and their blessing. Because of no consistent walk with God. They forget that the enemy is watching you very closely, that you don't have a consistent walk with God. The enemy is very sleek. He keeps watching you. He just watches and waits to see that you are away from God. And that is when he starts sending you temptations. And that is when he makes sure that you fall in sin. Amen. And that is the reason we have to be consistent. We have to be consistent in our walk because the enemy is watching is watching us very closely. And, and that is when, when he sees, and when he watches that this child is not walking consistently with God, that is when we are opening doors for the enemy to come and take away our miracle that God has blessed us with. He'll come to take away our blessing. He'll come to take away our finances. He'll come and take away our miracle. He'll come and steal. That's the job of the enemy. 24 by 7, he's there to steal kill and destroy 
And that is what Peter told the church in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. So what is Peter telling? He's telling that the enemy is like a roaring lion, seeking and watching and waiting to devour you. He's just watching. So we have to be careful in our walk with God. There has to be a consistent walk, church. Amen? They have, some of us are not experiencing abundant life, as I shared, because we are allowing the enemy to come. We are opening those doors for the enemy to come and attack us. I, uh, one of the sisters was struggling, and God gave me a dream about her, and I saw her walking, and I saw a lion coming close and you know, running fast, coming to attack her, and I woke up from my sleep. And I called the sister, and I said, Sister, I saw about you in this dream. Be careful. I don't know what you're doing, but be careful. The enemy is watching. And she has been careful after that. And she has been consistent. And today, God blessed her with, her, with the finances that I just shared about the testimony before we started the service. And where is she today? Is she coming to church? Is a question. You know, we think that we get blessed and we say, that's enough, Lord. I don't need any more blessing. You know, you bless me financially. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And we stop coming to church. And that is the greatest danger that we put ourselves into. And we opened our doors wide open for the enemy to come and attack us because we have to be consistent. Amen. I, I remember that there's this uh, couple. Uh, they are the elders. They were the elders of the church. And they got infected of the COVID. And I remember Pastor Jose and myself, we put a risk on our life. My pastor put a risk on his life to go and pray for these two brothers and sisters who were infected with COVID. He went to their house, laid hands on them. I was a little skeptical because it's COVID, right? But I said, okay, Pastor, I'll come with you. But I was so unwilling. But we still went, we prayed, and you know, God healed them. They are out of COVID and they were supposed to come to church to glorify God, right? Because God did a great miracle. God saved their life. The brother and the sister, they were in the ICU on oxygen. They were, their throats were slit, the front and the back, because their lungs gave up. And the church kept praying and praying and praying. And finally they came alive and uh, they recovered. And God healed them. But where are they now? Where are they now is the question the Lord is looking at. Are we being consistent? Are we being consistent? Are we glorifying God? Thank you, Lord, that you healed me. Thank you, Lord, that I'm still alive. Amen. I got to know from one of their cousins that they're still searching for a church. It's been almost a year, and they're still searching for a church because they forget that they were healed in the house of God. It is in the house of God that God healed them. It is in the house of God that God blessed them with the financial miracle that they received. And where are they now? Are they glorifying God? Instead of coming and glorifying God in the house of God, they're running to different churches. And for one year, they have been searching and searching until they, they haven't found a church yet. Why? Because their conviction 
is so strong that, that they're not feeling the presence of God in those churches because they never got healed. It was in the house of God that they were healed and that they were set free and they, were, they received the miracle and we forget and we don't want to continue consistently with the Lord. That's the reason the Lord said if you go to Jeremiah chapter 2, Jeremiah <coughs> chapter 2, verses 4 to 5, it says, Listen to the word of the Lord, people of Jacob, all your families of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What did your ancestors find wrong with me that led them to stray so far from me? They worshipped worthless idols only to become worthless themselves. What is he telling the Israelites? You have seen my miracle. You saw the Red Sea being divided right in front of your eyes. I provided food from heaven. I gave you water from the rock. I mean, none of your clothes were torn. You didn't have to go visit the hospital. I took care of your health. I took care of your clothes. I provided for you. I was the cloud in the night and, and cloud under the sun. I gave you shade. I, I took care of you. You saw all the miracles, but you still preferred to go run around to other worthless idols. And that is what many Christians do. They come to church, they get blessed, they see the miracle of God, and they run away from God and find search here and there for other churches. And God is telling you, I've seen the miracle I have done, and still you want to run here and there just to become worthless like those worthless idols. Amen. Why? Because of our stubborn heart, hardened heart, we open ourselves for the enemy to come and attack us. We have to remember, church, that... A rebellious heart is like a witchcraft. It is, it is a sin. It is like a witchcraft. I believe it's in First uh, Samuel. If you go to First Samuel and First Samuel chapter, I believe chapter fifteen, and okay, let's see. Okay, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23. It says, Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshipping idols. That's how dangerous rebellion is. God is convicting you of something and you're overlooking it and you're just pushing it away. That is called as rebellion. You're, you're rebelling God. You're pushing God. And when you do that, it says, Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshipping idols. Amen. So we have to be very careful when God is convicting us. Allow and follow the conviction. And ask the Lord, Father, is there anything that I'm doing wrong here? Please show me, Father. And I ask you to forgive me if I'm doing anything that is displeasing in your eyes. Amen. So we have to, I mean, God convicts us when we go astray. When we go astray away from him, when we stop walking with him, God will convict us. Child, you were starting so good. What happened? You stopped coming to church. What happened? You're not praying. What happened? You're not reading the Bible. What's going on with you? God will convict us. Amen? <clears throat> but when we start pushing God away, that is when rebellion comes into And that is opening doors for the enemy to come and steal away our success, our miracle, and our blessings in our life. A very good example is Cornelius. Cornelius, the Italian centurion, if you go to Acts chapter 10, it talks about his obedience to God. 
When God told him to call for Peter to hear his message, he immediately obeyed God and he sent his, his slaves to go and call for Peter. What does it show? It shows his humbleness. He was a great man. Uh, he was a Roman officer. He had a great ranking. But he was willing to humble himself before God. Humbleness opened the door for God to bring salvation in Cornelius' life and in his family. Cornelius was obedient and he was consistent to make sure that he found Peter. He was consistent in his search for Peter and was patient enough to wait for Peter. And when Peter came, he received the message of salvation. Not only Cornelius brought, uh, received salvation, but through Cornelius, his entire family received Christ. They were baptized in the water and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our family's salvation depends on us, church. My family, I can proudly say, are saved, are walking with the Lord is because of me. I don't take any pride in that, but God used me to bring my family to the Lord. Amen. Just like he did with Cornelius. The question is, are we willing to stand like Cornelius and say, yes, Lord, I'm here to be obedient to you and I will walk consistently with you. When we consistently walk with God, when we humble ourselves and when we are obedient to God, God not only brings salvation in our life, but through us, our whole family will receive Christ. Just like it happened with Cornelius. Amen. So we have to be consistent, consistent walk with God, consistent in every area of your life, consistent in your fellowship with your pastors, consistent in coming to church, consistent in, 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 in praying, consistent in reading in the Bible. Amen. Israel did not make it to the promised land. God had a great land for them, a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But unfortunately, Israel only two people made it to the promised land, Joshua and Caleb. Why? Because they were consistent walking with God. They were faithfully walking with God. And because of that, only Joshua and Caleb made it to the promised land. The rest of the millions and millions of the Israelites who left uh, Goshen, only two made it. What a sad story. Why? Because of the rebellion. There was, there was no consistency in them, constantly rebelling God, constantly disobeying God. And because of that, they spent 40 years in wilderness and unfortunately, they perished in the wilderness. What a waste of life, right? It's a waste of life. Why? Because there was no consistency in them. Constant rebellion, constant rebellion to God. Whereas Joshua and Caleb were the only ones who made it to the promised land. Amen. In the same way, God has a promised land for every child of God. I have a promised land. I'm a land filled with milk and honey. You have a, a promised land that God has for you. Every child of God has a great promised land. But are we reaching there? We are still on the way, just like the Israelites. We have not reached there yet. We are still on the way. But many are not making it to the promised land because of no consistent walk with God, because of constant rebellion against God. Hence, we perish in wilderness. So we have to be careful, church. We have to be careful. Amen. It says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, if you go to Romans chapter 12, and verse 2, 
He says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen. So what is God's will for you? It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. But you will never know the plans of God for your life if your mind is not transformed. Everything starts from your mind. The enemy attacks your mind. He did the same with Adam and Eve and he's still doing the same. That's the reason he's telling, allow God to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You have to allow God to transform you because God is in the business of transforming our life. Amen. Everything has to be transformed. My past was bad. I was a sinful person. I was a drug addict, but now I'm different. There's a transformation that has taken place, right? From point A to point B. There's a transformation that has taken place. Why did this happen? Because I allowed God. I allowed God to transform my life. If I was rebellious, if God had told me to go to church, if I had said, no, I'm not going to church, I'd have still been in the same addictions. I would have still been in the same unforgiveness. I would have been still in the same sins. There wouldn't have been any transformation in my life. And today God wouldn't have used me. Amen. Why is this happening? Because I allowed God. And that is what Paul is telling in Romans 12 too. Allow God to transform you into a new person <coughs> by changing the way you think. Then, only then, you will know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Amen. How will you know God's will for you? Unless you allow God to transform you. That is the reason it's very important to be consistent in reading the Bible, consistent in your walk with God, because that brings transformation in your thought process. It leads to a renewed mind and a renewed lifestyle. There's a transformation that takes place in our life when we are walking consistently. Amen. A consistent walk with God increases your faith in God, and that is the reason it is so important to go to church. Why do the pastor tell us to go to church? It's because faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Amen. When your faith is increased, you can achieve success. Amen. You can achieve victory against the enemy. Why do I say that? If you go to John, 1 John chapter 5. <clears throat> First John, I'm going to close with this last scripture. First John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. How do we achieve this victory, church? We achieve this victory through our faith. Because through faith, you can defeat this evil world. That's a powerful weapon God has given us. That is faith. Look at David. He was just a boy. And look at the way he defeated Goliath. He didn't have anything. He was not a well-built man like Goliath. Goliath was six feet tall and he was so strong. And, and the rest of the Israelites, the, the army of Israel was so fearful to face that giant. And look at this little boy. <coughs> Probably he might have been 14 or 15 years old. And he was willing to go and defeat Goliath with just five sling stones. Why? Because of his faith in God. 
He was so full of faith in God that, yes, I will achieve victory. And he fought the battle. And he was successful. And he achieved this victory because of his faith. Amen. I mean, why is David in the Bible? It's because God is showing us something. He's showing us that he has given us this powerful weapon that is called as faith. And through that faith, we can achieve victory and we can achieve success. And how do we have faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes how? By reading, the reading the word of God. There's a transformation that takes place in our life. Amen. Going back to my title of success. Again, success comes from God. Healing comes from God. Provision comes from God. Amen. Everything comes from God. Because he's the alpha and the omega of our life. He's our creator. Every organ he has created, he knows his creation. And he knows what is needed to heal that creation. And he's telling us, and he's calling us to run to him. Amen. Because he's a God who wants to bless our life. He has a promised land for each and every child of God. And he wants to bless our life with success, with joy, peace, happiness. And Jesus came. That's what he says, John 10, 10. I have come so that they might have an abundant life. I mean, Christ paid a heavy price on the cross so that we can achieve an, ab an abundant life. But many of us are not experiencing that abundant life. We are living in sin. We are, we are, we are struggling. We are you know, working really hard. But we are not enjoying a life of abundance that Christ came to give us is because we're not having a consistent walk with God. And because we're not having a consistent walk, we're not seeing success in our marriages, we're not seeing success in our relationship, we're not seeing success in our health, we're not seeing success in our finances. In every area of our lives, we're not seeing the success that God wants to give us because he is the source of success. He is the one who gives us success. Amen. Going back to the same scripture, Deuteronomy 8, 18. Remember the Lord, your God, he is the one who gives you the power to be what? He is the one who gives you the power to be successful. He will give you the power to be successful. Success doesn't come from our own abilities. Success comes from God. We have to always remember that. Amen. Amen. So that's the title of my message. Hope it brings blessings to all those who are here listening and all those on the podcast.